Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. So we saw last week that the warning that farming emissions deal uh, places impossible burdens on other sectors. And to discuss this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by economist Colin McCarthy. Colin, you're very welcome to the programme. How are you? We'll get to the farmers in a second, but just can we talk a second about how uh, these emissions are measured and what gets measured where? And I know that it's a kind of a, a little bit of a murky underwater, it's complex, yeah. but in simple terms, you know, the things that, that cause the emissions are sometimes not measured in the place where they happen. Yeah. Is that not yeah. in the, general terms? Okay, the, the, the fundamental scientific reality about all that, people keep appealing to science. You know, the science says that we should do this and the science says we should do something else. The science says a number of fairly simple things. The first thing it says is that the planet has one atmosphere. There are 200 countries in the world, roughly. They are not 200 planets, and Ireland may well have weather, including bad weather at times, but it doesn't have an atmosphere. So the only scientifically defensible approach uh, to, to dealing with the threat of climate change, which I think has been manifest for 25 or 30 years now, uh, the only coherent approach to it is to say it has to be a worldwide Solution, but we both know that isn't going to be a reality, uh, in the sense that yeah. you know, look at what's happening in Brazil, look at what others are doing, yeah. look at America versus Europe. So, so we're not here to solve that, and I don't mean that in any yeah. disrespectful way. Yeah. But there's there there is a measurement now that we've latched onto that has been dictated to by our Euro- European friends, yeah. and that's kind of the measurement we're stuck with, and we have to play ball. Yeah. In that arena, do we yeah, not? Yeah. Uh, uh, for now, I think that might be a, a fair way to put it. Uh, however, uh, Europe, by which I mean the European Union countries, are responsible for about 10 or 11% of worldwide emissions. Uh, China is responsible for about 30%. Yeah. Uh, even though per capita income is still a bit lower in China than it is in this part of the world, uh, a good bit lower. Uh, but it's it's grown very rapidly. The United States is responsible for, from memory, 15 or 16 percent of worldwide emissions. Uh, so if Europe uh, could somehow disappear and just vanish, that's 11 percent gone. Uh, but worldwide emissions have risen by that amount over yeah. the last four or five years. So, so there's a real problem here. Uh, and, and it's all very well saying... We in Europe should try and do more and do it quicker. And I agree with that. Uh, I'd like if everybody else did too. But in the meantime, I think the European Union has tied itself in knots uh, with the particular type of policy that's been pursued. Back in the 1990s, when the climate scientists said, look, folks, uh, we think we we can detect changes in, in, in temperature. We think it's due to the combustion of fossil fuels and other things, but combustion of fossil fuels has been a big part of it. So we think we better cut down on this pretty fast. Uh, And that was the conclusion of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change back in the 1990s. Uh, At the same time, Mm. a whole string of economists and engineers and people like that 
made the following scientific observation. For the planet as a whole, supply is equal to demand. Believe it or not, yeah. since there's no exports to Mars. Uh, so supply is equal to demand. The most efficient way to deal with this is to depress the demand for those products whose production entails emissions. Right. In other words, put a great big tax on petrol and stuff like that uh, and all sorts of other things, coal that goes into power stations, and do it universally. And that was the call in the 1990s by famous economists that, that, that uh, I think a lot, a lot of people might have heard of, Bill Nordhaus, for example, in Yale, who won the Nobel Prize for Economics a few years ago. These guys wrote very learned tomes saying, what we need is a universal worldwide tax on carbon. And we do, it doesn't have to be huge initially, but it has to rise steadily by a few percent every year and off you go. And it's going to take 20 or 30 years to do all this. Had their advice been followed, we'd be in a much better position now than we are. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't. Uh, and emissions have gone up. Uh, there is a continuing uh, increased reliance on coal-fired power generation. They're still being built in other They're still being flipping built, yeah. uh, not in Europe. Yeah. Uh, there, there were plans until quite recently to build another new coal-fired station in Poland. And I think it's finally been... Uh, uh, been dropped, what? but 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 what they have done in Europe is they've closed nuclear stations before their useful life was done. Yeah, and in, this is this is again panic, you know? put further pressure on the use of fossil fuels, etc. One of the reasons why coal-fired stations in Germany have been life extended through the current uh, uh, crisis is because they closed perfectly good, well-functioning nuclear stations over the last few years that had another 20 or 30 years left in them. Okay, let's just go to the... If we if we talk about fossil fuels and the measurement of it versus the measurement of a farmer's output, okay? Yeah. So, let, so if you're uh, Saudi Arabia, who yeah. produces the... Uh, Petrol the, and the, 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 the diesel, oil, yeah. Um, yeah. It gets refined elsewhere. It gets consumed elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but Saudi Arabia don't have... They don't get the penalties around the carbon tax that the yeah. end users get. But yeah. in farming, it tends to work the other way. Uh, am I right? Yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not just farming, but farming is the one that's hurting us now. Uh, the way I like to put it is this. The share of agriculture in emissions in Ireland is 30-something percent. 37. Well, it, it, you, get, you get different estimates, but it's 34, 35, whatever, somewhere in that range. In most European countries, it's 7 or 8 percent. Mm. And why is that? Is it because Irish mm. people eat four times as much grub as everybody else? Well, it isn't. We export the stuff. Uh, this is a big agricultural exporting country. Uh, it doesn't have a huge population density. Uh, there's not a lot of mountains and lakes and stuff. Most of the land in Ireland is farmed. Uh, and the climate happens to be very conducive to low-cost production, especially of dairy products. So is there an argument that the tax on dairy products should be at the end, at the point of where they're consumed? Con is that what you're saying? Con consider the following. If some chap in Munich who lives in Munich or Milan, buys a load of diesel to put into his car. He pays a 
attacks that deters them from using too much diesel, you know, much higher than tax in the United States, for example. Uh, and I think that's right and proper. If he buys a pound of butter that was produced by fellas down in Monster, he doesn't pay a penny. Yeah. The fellas down in Monster are being told, oh, you guys need to cut the production of butter. And, and, and the, the real difficulty in all of this is that the target should be worldwide emissions. The Earth has one atmosphere. Yeah. So, so if the fellas in Monster who are able to produce butter efficiently, and they are, uh, they've got long uh, grazing seasons and nice grassland and rain and all the rest of it. Uh, and all the figures show that, that Ireland and a few other places like Normandy, the southwest of England, West Denmark, these are the right places to be grazing cows. Um, uh, but if these guys are stopped and the demand for dairy products uh, is left wherever it was, then you're going to end up with people trying to graze cows on cactus in the deserts of southern Spain. I mean, there's dairy products are produced in Ireland and a number of other places around Europe. It's not just in Ireland, uh, but mostly in, in, in the, the western... Uh, where uh, where grass grows wild. Well yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the dairy stuff is produced mostly in Munster and South Leinster. Uh, it's not because people are trying to be awkward. It's because that's how international trade works. We do not grow bananas in Donegal, you know. And when we move it then to the political arena, it gets further clouded because you then have politicians who yeah. are who are who are voting and representing their constituencies. Yeah. And we have this so, sort of D four versus South Kerry debate yeah. uh, coming up, which which just doesn't help anybody. Well it doesn't help anybody and uh the, the people of South Kerry may not be aware of this, but quite a lot of economists live in D4. Uh, and the economists are not impressed with, with the structure of European policy that has produced this fatuous argument about should it be 22% or 30%. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the real issue is ought there be any territorial uh, and then sector by sector output limits? I mean... The, 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 there is a passage in the Climate Action Plan which accepts, first of all, uh, uh, the overall national target as if it was handed down from Mount Sinai, uh, courtesy of Moses. Uh, it then goes on to say this will be distributed to each member state of the European Union in an arbitrary fashion. It's not the same target for everybody. And finally, uh, it said, and we'll then distribute it sector by sector and each county council will have to monitor how well they're doing in yeah. in Offaly and so on. Now, hold, hold on a minute. The Soviet Union in its heyday never tried to, to manage a, a, a centrally planned... I mean, Goss' plan that ran the Soviet economy into the ground uh, never even dreamt of, yeah. that, of that level of intervention. So, but, but, but the, by the same token of all that, I think there's a general consensus that we need to do our bit... Uh, even if yeah. some others aren't. And yeah. there is a real, I think there is a will to, to, there is. to, to, to try and... Yeah, yeah there, uh, the, the, there is. And, and I'm uh, uh, convinced uh, that we've, we've done too little around the world uh, over the last 15 or 20 years in particular that we're now behind the game. Yeah. Uh, we need to speed up uh, climate action. 
But you have to speed up climate action that's thought through properly. And the best way to think it through is, I think, to go the route that was recommended by people 25 and 30 years ago and was initially favoured by the European Commission until the lobby groups got at them. And that is to discourage people at the consumer end from the consumption of these products and then let uh, production take place wherever it is in the world. So, in other words, the market would actually decide. But but that's our. This is Europe. Yeah. We, you know, we have a single market in Europe. Yeah. You know, we, we set out to do this. We set out to get rid of production quotas for milk and and all this kind of stuff years ago, and now we've gone right back into this thing. And I think a lot of what's passed for an argument and a discussion here in Ireland the last while has been the wrong discussion about the wrong measurement of emissions. Right. Well, look, it's a, it's a fascinating subject. It is complicated. And as always, Colin McCarthy, great to get your analysis on things. And uh, we wish you well, even though you are based in Dublin 4. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.